Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the next installment of the SUAS News podcast series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications that are relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan, and let's say hello and welcome, as we always do, to our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. Hello, Patrick, and hello, all. Hope we're all having a good week and things are going well in the flying world. Well, you know, there always are. If you're here and you're listening, things are going good. Or we're going to assume that anyway. There you go. Uh, so any uh, any news stories catch your attention this week, Gene? What news stories haven't caught our attention? I mean, they're, they're, they're starting to come out as pretty hot and heavy these days. And uh, we're, we're seeing that, uh, that, that more and more people are turning, in, turning to the positive uses of UAs, which, which tickles me to death. Uh, you know, we had one, that one little incident where one went into the, you know, one of the Great Lakes down there, but, you know, it was kind of overlooked that one and, uh, and, and move on. Uh, there's, you know, there's too many other good things happening out there for, for us to dwell, dwell on one that just kind of happened to, you know, miss the pilot handoff and somebody hit the throttle switch and there you go. Yeah, I you know that that one kind of uh, concerns me as you know where we you know as we talk about the roadmap which we'll talk about a little in the back but you know we can't <clears throat> we can't have anything say four or five pounds uh, with low kinetic energy flying around you know uh, but they seem to keep making um, let's say allowances for <laughs> these bigger systems to fly even though they crash all the time. And I know I'll get, you know, feedback. They don't crash all the time, and I'll get these uh, bogus, um, you know, statistics. It's kind of funny, you know, uh, even it was funny, there was a story about Global Hawk. Oh, you know, we've reached so many hours, and, you know, my father-in-law lives up there near Beale, and he's like, they fly them in circles all night around the base. I'm like, oh, well, you know, they got to pad the hours, you know, yada, yada. Anyway, you know, it's kind of funny. Got to bring the average up. But you know you got to justify two hundred and fifty-five million dollars a snap. I guess I wouldn't know. I can't afford that. Hey, anybody out there want to finance me for two and a half? You know, two hundred and fifty-five million dollar aircraft or a fifty-five million dollar aircraft? Email me. I'm interested in talking about terms. Oh, and I'm going to need insurance for that. I got a business plan. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, do you have a place to fly it though? I mean, that's the, the problem. You're going to have to figure out a place to fly it. Oh, those are just details, Gene. Do I really? <laughs> I want to. I want to buy them by the dozen. I know. I you know. I'll, I'll talk to. I got friends over there. I'll talk to them about getting a Koa to uh, fly it for something. I don't know what. But anyway, so um, back to reality. What have you been up to? Uh, gosh, I hate to. Should I say I've been flying? Uh, <gasps> yeah, I've been flying. Uh, that's what I've been doing. Uh, we've uh, just uh, completed another uh, one of our uh, research sessions uh, on the on the fire research end of it. We're refining our data collection capabilities. We've uh, uh, we're kind of out there on the on the cutting edge, doing some stuff with uh, with infrared and and uh, the sensors, and really trying to do a lot of ground truthing and and that sort of thing. And and uh, it's it, it's been really fascinating to get into the science end of this. And uh, I, I really do appreciate being able to, to take my skills out and, and to use them in a COA environment where you can actually fly and, and don't have to worry about somebody, you know, driving up in a brown car with antennas bristling off, off of it. And uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. Doing a lot of work with, uh, with uh, the Spectra, too. 
uh, working pretty hard on getting it, trying to get it uh, into a 3D modeling scheme. I've already had some CFD done on it, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm happy with the way it's been from the beginning anyway, but the, the CFD kind of uh, just justifies where we've gone on this thing. And I'm looking to try to maybe mass produce that guy. I think that'd be a good thing. So well, I've been pretty busy. I'm happy to hear that because I think, uh, you know, I'm getting, you know, remember we had that super group telephone call six months ago with all yes. the different, uh, yeah. And, you know, I got the reminder because I put it in my calendar that, hey, we got to have the super group call again, which was a, you know, that was a million dollar phone call, but that might actually turn into a million dollar phone call. I actually got an email the other day. I'm serious. You know, people were they, they just like you just laughed at. I'm like, hey, this was like the super group call. Um, I did get an email the other day, and it appears that some folks on the super group call are are looking to move to, let's say, um, better suited aircraft for their applications. And uh, so that might open up some opportunities for. Uh, smaller manufacturers like yourself. So we've got to talk about no. that offline. Okay, hey. we'll do that. Yeah, because you're holding out on me, Egan. I don't know what the deal is, but I think you're holding out on me. I just got the email last night. It comes in here fast and furious, you know. I, mean, I could do, we could do like two or three update calls a day, you know. It's, uh, sometimes the stuff happens around here so fast, I don't even know what's going on. I need three personal assistants, but I have none. Anyway... That's a story for another time, but uh, well, we will talk about that. And but the the encouraging part of that, the real encouraging part of it is, is that uh, some of these, let's say, users who have gotten uh, equipment, even free uh, donations or whatever, are realizing that they may be, um, you know, going at the finish work with a jackhammer. So. Uh. Uh, I, I do think that people are coming around to that, and also I think they're starting to think that the, the, the DOD price points are just outrageously high. You could get a lot more work done, you know, like we, we uh, talk about every week, is getting uh, a better return on your investment. And I think people are starting to think that that may be the way to go. So, you know, let's talk about that some more. Um, so, and I, I know you got, you're doing some other stuff on the, uh, the WUI and, and all the rest of that. The work's coming along good, huh? Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's fascinating the, the the science end of it, the data collection, and you know, really discovered what an unmanned aircraft can do in a, a pure research environment. And it's just really been great because it's contributed to some offshoot sciences that I never would have even thought about uh, for you know, video processing and geo rectification and ortho rec and the whole nine yards. And uh, okay. I'll be right up front with you. Some of that stuff is kind of like voodoo to me, but, uh, you know, I kind of get it, and I understand what they're doing with it, but, uh, you know, it gets a little, you know, I get off in the weeds when they start talking technical stuff. Well, you know, it's a whole other science, but it is. Uh, I love I love the updates. I mean, that's the other, uh, the other thing about this program is, I mean, people get to hear weekly what people are really doing with this technology and, you know, how we're really – pushing the envelope. And, and I think that's a good segue for our guest today, uh, Mr. Gus Calderon. And, and Gus, are you out there? I'm here, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Hey, well, you know, when people are doing stuff, uh, we like to have them on the program. And you are doing stuff. Um, for, for folks that don't know, uh, Gus was um, involved with the Volantis flying dress and was also... Uh, uh, the pilot for that, and that's a Lady Gaga Ooh. thing. Applause! 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 <laughs> I know if this was a if it was a live audience, we'd everybody be clapping and whistling right now. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I was watching the video, you know, and I was like, well, "Who is that standing behind? Wait, that's Gus." <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't I didn't know who was doing it, but I, you know, I watched that video before I found out it was you, and we'll get into why that was. And I'm like, oh, you know, the pi whoever's piloting that, no pressure there. <laughs> oh, there was zero pucker factor on that. I can, t I just, I could see that. That's what I said. I go, oh, this guy, you know, he's probably has like martini in one hand, a cigar in the other, and it's flying itself. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, okay, so you know, um, we had you, uh, we've had you on the show before, Gus, and um, but maybe you know, because not everybody listens to every episode. Could you please introduce yourself to the audience, little bio, how you got involved in small unmanned aircraft systems? Sure. My name is Gus Calderon. I'm an FAA certified commercial pilot, and I was very active in corporate and uh, charter aviation until the major economic downturn in the economy around 2007. At that time, I realized there'd be a lot of potential for unmanned systems to do aerial photography and aerial filming. So I began doing some research and development with a group of local naval engineers here in San Diego. Several years ago, I really focused my attention on multi-rotor platforms, and I started Isiscopter, which is a small company building custom multi-rotor aerial solutions. Yes, okay, then, and and that, that all... Uh goes right into this, but uh, <clears throat> since the last time you were on the show, and you were on the show again, or uh, for the, uh, well, the reason was, is you were telling us that you had gone out for an exemption, you had applied for one from the FAA, and uh, maybe possibly you could recap it for us and update us on the progress of that exemption, please. Sure, because that's an interesting story now that I look back on it and see everything else that's going on, but in 2012, I went to the AUVSI convention in Las Vegas, and I spoke directly with FAA personnel from the UAS Integration Office in Washington, D.C., and they actually gave me a glimmer of hope. They told me that there was a new procedure which was developed to provide exemptions for small UAS operators who wanted to do commercial operations. So I was very excited to hear that. They told me, you know, if I filled out my application right away. I could be one of the first ones. So I immediately rushed back to my hotel room. I filled out my online application. I sent everything in. And I actually didn't hear anything for several months. And then I got a call from Ben Gilo at AUVSI saying, wow, I read the Federal Register every day. And I just saw your petition for exemption was, was published in the Federal Register. I had not known that because I don't read the Federal Register every day. Um, and, and, and he said, wow, this is the first time I believe this has ever been published, and this could be groundbreaking. This is, and I was all excited. I thought this was wonderful. And there was a, a short comment period. Had me on the show. We kind of got the word out. A bunch of people made comments. And then nothing. I never got a response back. And uh, according to their own regulations, they have to respond in writing after a certain amount of time, even if it's a denial, which I was expecting to get. I had a couple conversations with Ben Gilo, uh, but he did some follow-up, and he said, you know, if I were you, I'd probably expect a denial. But what I did not expect was to, to receive nothing, um, and that was probably about eight months ago. Now, uh, it's possible it got lost in the mail, uh, but uh, I, I, I don't know, and I'm going to have to follow up on that, actually. I've <laughs> just been busy doing some other things, but really disappointing. At least uh, I, I was expecting you know, something, a letter of denial or reason or something. But uh, really, at this point, I feel like I was sent on a wild goose chase, whether it was intentional or not. Um, not particularly happy about it, but, but this is the, the fact of what happened. Huh. So I'm, I'm a little surprised. I take the Federal Register in paper form every day because, you know, I've got a bird and I need some, uh, I need to line the cage. Right. <laughs> and those federal documents were great. Um, anyway, yeah, no, I think that's kind of interesting. You know, you sent that in. And, and I think it builds kind of a little bit of a background for that, for, for what you do. And, and before we launch into this, too, you are also the executive mm -hmm. producer for the Civilian Drone Documentary, which has caused... A little bit of consternation in the advocacy community. Yes, it has. We've been getting a variety of different feedback. We get a tremendous amount of positive feedback from individuals uh, in the UA industry. Um, we have not got a lot of support from, uh, or any really any support from the, the largest advocacy group, AUVSI, for the unmanned industry. That's been kind of uh, disappointing. Uh, and, and some other people have distanced themselves from from us and from the film because uh, they, they are perhaps waiting either uh, to receive a COA or to receive an FAA test site, and they don't want to be you know, associated with us because they're saying that there were some parts of our film which are not positive about the FAA, while at the same time, every single person we spoke to has said what we put in that film was truthful. It was honest and truthful, 
they were moved by it. They said it was powerful and emotional. They just, for whatever personal reasons, they need to distance themselves from the film. So that's that's been a real eye-opening experience for us since we released the film a little over a month ago. Yeah, that's too bad. I mean, I, you know, it's a repeated um, occurrence, and uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny. Is uh, through this, I've seen that people are afraid to do anything because they're afraid mm-hmm. of retaliation from the FAA. But that doesn't sound to me like what. I mean, they're public employees and they work for us. And I think people have uh, lost sight of that reality. Um, I did, you know, I did have some discussions with people about it. And, um, you know, I'm not going to go into that today on today's show. But um, anybody uh, that sees the film or even talks about the film could say, hey. I mean, even myself, there were things that uh, I may not totally agree with 100% in the film. But I'm not doesn't really matter, I can still say objectively, hey, you know, uh, these people made this film, and, um, you know, these are some points. I mean, I, I really, I mean, as far as Mr. Miller is concerned, I think the gentleman has earned the right to talk about uh, this situation almost in any way that he wants. Here's a guy, I mean, you know, I can see from the film, you know, he's been emotionally uh, torn to pieces, He's yeah. out there trying to help families and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And why aren't we applying this technology? And it's for people to say, oh, well, you know, it puts the FAA in a bad light. Uh, I, you know, is that what you think? Uh, what I think is, is that we have a technology that's ready to go to work. And, and why are we sitting on our hands? I, mean, I don't think that that just puts anyone in a bad light. I say, I say uh, where's, where's the uh, action? You know, that personally. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely, uh, absolutely. And, and we have people demonstrating this technology uh, right now, <laughs> right, Gene? I mean, there are people who are out there uh, who have proven that this works. So this is not hypothetical. Uh, this is factual. So, it is. And, Gene, would you like to uh, add some of your thoughts? Sure. Uh, you know, in my past life, I was a a techno geek. I kind of used to call myself an alpha geek because uh, I was a programmer and kind of worked with the Windows environment and all that good stuff. So, you know, I can I, I can keep up with, um, you know, who goes where and who visits what and that sort of thing. And i got to tell you, the range of agencies and the range of countries that have come into my website as a, uh, a direct link off of or a referral from or uh, some sort of uh, search from the Civilian Drones website has been absolutely phenomenal. I can tell you unequivocally that just about every agency you can think of in the federal government has been to the site and watched the movie. They may not say anything, mm-hmm. but... They have been there and they've watched the movie. Agree or disagree? If I don't know what they're doing, but I mean, even places that you would, you know, never really consider. Why would they go look at it? Like the the Department of Energy, who would? Why would they go look at it? But you know, maybe they were taking a break and they they needed some entertainment, so they watched it. But uh, we- yeah, it. Now, they're friends. We've got friends in all these agencies. I mean, DOE, there are actually people there that uh, believe in this technology. All these different agencies. You'd be surprised um, where that comes from. But I don't want to get too mired down in that. It's, uh, you know, I, I would just definitely say, uh, guys, would you give the website for the movie again for anybody who hasn't seen it? Yes, it's civiliandronesmovie.com. And actually, just yesterday, we, we announced a contest with a $500 cash prize. So I would encourage listeners to go, to go take a look. But we're, we're looking for, for some new artwork. So we're hoping uh, that people will, will take a look, at view the film, and, and come up with an illustration which really promotes the civilian use of this technology for search and rescue and i believe the contest ends uh in mid-january so go 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 take a look at the website take a look at the movie tell your friends about it and uh go ahead and put together an uh, illustration send it to us and uh, we'll announce the winner and uh, give out a 500 dollars cash prize are stick figures allowed 
<laughs> anything. <laughs> it's open to any. <laughs> anything at all, Patrick. Anything at all. Uh, okay, well, because you know I could use some extra Christmas cash. Uh, uh, I, I'm I'm breaking out my nickel pencil and cheap cheap tablet right now. All right, guys. Uh, it's just sketch. All right. So um, anyway, so I wanted to uh, I want to I want to talk about this. Really, the show is about uh, Volantis, and maybe for some of the listeners who've been on sabbatical climbing Mount Everest or, uh, you know, the power's been out for a while. North Korea, you could uh, tell us a little bit about this, uh, the Volantis. Sure. Well, the Volantis is, is essentially, uh, it's Lady Gaga's flying dress. And what, what she wanted to do was incorporate uh, a lot of this new technology and, and, and incorporate it into the fashion world and, and make a dress uh, which, which could fly. This was completely her idea. Uh, I was brought into this by uh, Mike Henning of UA Services uh, over the summer to work on it. Uh, other people collaborated on this as well. I'm just a small part of the team. There were some very, very brilliant people working on this. We'll get into that a little bit later. But, but really what I've noticed is there's been a great deal of misunderstanding about Volantis. A lot of people, I see a lot of negative comments. I stopped reading the comments because people are negative. They, they just don't understand. They think it's some kind of just crazy stunt or whatever. And, and honestly, unless you were there, unless you really knew what was going on, you really don't get an understanding. And I was fortunate to be there and fortunate to understand what she's really doing. It's actually pretty intense. And so kind of what I'd like to do since I have the opportunity is, is I want to tell you what Lady Gaga says the Volantis is, because everybody can speculate. I could tell you. Other people can tell you. But these are her direct, direct quotes, if I, if I may. Yes. Lady Gaga says, Volantis is a vehicle, and it is also a metaphor for Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is a vehicle for the voices of her fans and the youth all over the world. And uh, she, she said this at the, at the press conference, by the way, and I, I wrote a lot of this down. And another thing that she said that really struck me, and she said that ivory towers have become so powerful that they begin to stifle the voices of the truly great minds. Mm. So, so her, isn't that interesting? Uh, huh. this, this young lady, I believe she's only 27. Uh, I'm really impressed with her, with her outlook. She's demonstrated incredible leadership. She also goes on to say that she does not want young people to feel that they will never penetrate the corporate walls or the ivory towers. And then just one other quick quote. She said, Volantis is about opening that door to a new era and a new time for our ideas to take flight. So I just wanted to share that with everybody who's listening so they have a little bit better understanding of, of what this was all about. Yeah, well, that's definitely a little bit deeper than, <clears throat> let's say, the coverage has been. And, and I, you know, it resonates with me. It's kind of funny. Is the uh, the first segment of the show is almost directly about that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of people believe, you know, like, oh, this technology was military. Uh, no, you know, not so much. Uh, you need to really go back and, and relearn that. But the ivory tower and the fiefdom has been created. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, now we... We are on the outside looking in. Gene? Yeah. Uh, uh, totally agree with you. It, uh, we've kind of suspected that the, the playing field was starting to tilt, you know, way back when. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you've been trying to, to break into this business for a while, you've got a very clear picture of this. Mm-hmm. Well, just just read the roadmap. Yeah, the roadmap pretty much lays <laughs> out, uh, you know, mom and pop need not apply. You know, so we can. I, I I think it's very timely, and I, I'm 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 really kind of uh, impressed that she's that in tune with the technology ecosystem. Uh, it's yeah. pretty impressive. You know, I mean, I think of Lady Gaga, and she's an entertainer, and all the rest of that. But that's it. it seems like she's a little plugged into reality. Your thoughts, guys? Oh, absolutely. And she goes on, if I may. These are really, really sure. critical. What what she went on to say was. Um, Volantis was created by Tech House. Uh, that's, that's who I was working with. Tech House is they're affiliated with Studio XO, but they're also a division of House of Gaga. And what, what she said is Tech House is an independent, united group. 
you can come here with your ideas and we will finance them. So she's not just about talk. She is putting her money out there to help fund ideas, bring us your ideas. She doesn't like, she's not just talking about, you know, the ivory towers and the corporate wall. She's saying, here is, here's another path. Here's another solution. If you have an idea, send it to us. Um, let's, let's work together to bring this technology. Um, really, really impressed by that. There was one other quote that really struck me, too. And I, it was one thing hearing it, and, but when I wrote down the quotes and then I read them, when there's a voice behind it or a young lady behind it, really these words took on even a more powerful meaning than I had originally uh, perceived. But she went on to say, if you are a public figure and you have the potential to start a revolution, I believe it is your duty to do so. Hmm. So well, that's an inter- that's an interesting quote. Now, <clears throat> I mean, some of these are, are, are quotes and whatever, but you, you did tell me uh, in, in a brief conversation that you actually got to sit down and, and talk with her. I did. Yeah. And that was an absolutely incredible experience. Uh, and that happened before before the media event uh, It happened earlier in the day on Sunday. Uh, and, you know, like most of us, I had only seen public images uh, and the public persona of Lady Gaga and, until this, this uh, art pop album release in Brooklyn. Uh, so, you know, I was there all week. It was, it was a difficult week. It was very cold. We were in a, you know, in a, in a uh, warehouse without heat doing flight testing, and it was very challenging. And we ran into some problems. And, you know, it was obviously a very stressful week leading up to that. And uh, honestly, I just, you know, my professional opinion i did not feel that we were ready i'm a pretty cautious guy and i said look i I said to team leaders i said i think we should just postpone this i'm I'm not really ready to do this i don't advise this so that got up to you know they communicated that to to lg and then uh team leader came back to me (laughs) and uh said uh lg would like to speak with you in in her dressing room and i said fine i'll just tell her myself because i didn't again at that time i didn't know her and Really, I just seen her walk around a couple times, and I, I'll just tell her myself, no problem. So they accompanied me. A couple of seven-foot-tall bodyguards accompanied me to her, uh, her, her dressing room, <laughs> and uh, inside were her closest personal assistants, uh, most of whom I, I'd met previously. And uh, we sat down, and I started to explain my my concerns, you know, about her safety and you know the problems that we were having. And uh, then she told me she had done far more dangerous activities on stage. She'd even broken her hip during a performance. Uh, and I said, look, I'm really, I mean, I'm trying everything here to get out of it. <laughs> she would, said she took full responsibility for the flight. No matter what happened, it was on her. That's why she wanted me kind of in the background. Nobody would know who I was, whatever. Just she was taking full responsibility. And while she was speaking, I could really see such a strong look of determination on her face. It was just, it was unbelievable, that, that look. It was, it was powerful. It was any, unlike anything I had even seen before. And then she recounted some, uh, some of her personal stories and how she became so successful by uh, taking a chance when others told her not to do so. And I shared some personal stories with, with her. Uh, about my reservation. It was an unbelievable experience on that Sunday afternoon, really. And she said, look, we're all on our personal journeys in life, and we should not be dissuaded, you know, by others. Uh, I have to say, without a doubt, she's one of the most inspirational human beings I've ever met in my life. Um, And I've met a lot of people. So we had some other discussions I'd like to keep private, but then what she told me was literally there were millions of people around the world who were going to be watching the flight of the Volantis that night if we proceeded. And if we were successful, we would inspire them to use technology to improve their lives. You know, like I said, I'm a pretty cautious guy. I generally don't like to take risks, but sometimes risks must be taken to move the world forward, even if it's just with a little nudge. So I said, all right, let's do this. And everybody jumped up, and <laughs> she got in her flight suit. We headed over the hangar, and, and we did a test flight in the afternoon, and then, and then the following the media event, uh, it's around 6.30 that night. Uh, so, hey, wow. Gus? Gus? Yeah, Gene. What I really like to know is, is can you convey in, in the most layman term 
how large the pucker factor was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think there are words that can describe that. Um, <laughs> the, the first flight was was really incredibly, and and she we there was talk of using a stunt double, and I know a lot of people said, oh, that wasn't her. It was a stunt double. No, it was her. She did not want anybody on that Valanis but her. Um, and and. After the first flight, which is not as smooth as the second one, um, there was some relief, but still the media event was, I will tell you this, I'm still recovering from that event (laughs) emotionally and psychologically and physically. It took every ounce of concentration that I had out of me to just keep it together and and do that flight. It It was pushed beyond my limits, which is... What she was trying to do to to us and the team to show what can be done when you push yourself to the limits. Um, so, yeah, here, here, here I am. Every, yeah. so, so, in other words, it was just like your usual Sunday flying. Nothing else. Yeah, just typical day out at the park. I usually do my you know flight training or research R and D out at the park. It was just like that. I I just put everything out of my mind. I mean that's all I did was absolutely just focus. You know, I went back to my commercial aviation training, just fly the airplane. I just that's all I did. Even though there were like 150 video camera TV cameras and hundreds of flashes going off in my eye, and it was they had spotlights on me, and it was just you know I'm like. Gosh, what next? You guys want to throw rocks at me while I try and do this? Or it was so difficult. <clears throat> Waterboard me while I'm doing this. I mean, what next? It was pretty tough, but I made it. Uh, and I, I uh, wanted a pro. They got a pro because I've seen you work, Gus. And you know, you you made you're like a duck. Okay, you're just all calm on top and then paddling like hell underneath. Because I've seen you work. <laughs> well, thanks, Gene. I did my best, and that's what I promised them from the beginning. I never promised that I would do the flight. I said I would, I would do my very best, and <clears throat> that's all I tried to do. Well, so. and that was one comment, too, that I wanted to make, because I, I know you, you know, when we talked about it briefly, you were like, you know, I told them I didn't really want to do this, and, and I tried to get out of it and all the rest of that. And then I, I, I really immediately it flashed to my brain that I'm glad that uh, they were able to find somebody, a professional like yourself, who, you know, was was really concerned about what they were doing and meticulous in their build and all the rest of that. Uh, Because if it wasn't, it could have been a total disaster. And uh, so I think we should all be happy for that and thankful. Well, Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Patrick. And there there were a lot of other people who helped. But, yeah, it was critical. I mean, again, back to my aviation, we did extensive pre-flight and post-flight inspections. I mean, checked every nut and bolt, every wire in between every flight. I mean, we just took an absolute professional approach and did the best we could with, with what we had there in the time frame that we had. And, and that does pay off. That really does make a difference. That well, and right I there. Think, yeah, and I think uh, exactly, I mean, this is, this is kind of the message that we try to convey through uh, all the work that we do at uh, SUS News and whatever else is that is an example of what people should be emulating. You, you went ahead, you, you did something that was very risky, um, but you tried to make it, you went, you went through the procedures to make it as safe as possible. And I think, people, there's a lesson to be learned from that, you know. Um, if it's not safe or it doesn't feel right or, you know, we don't cross the T's or dot the I's, it, it could be to the detriment of the whole industry. So my hat's yeah. off to you on that, Gus. I, I, I appreciate Thanks, that Patrick. you're uh, professional in that way, and it's, it's something for us all to emulate. Now. Thank you. The flight was amazing, and uh, yes, it went up to the factor of 11, I know, but uh, beyond that, tell us about the template for the Volantis. Well, it, basically, um, it's, it's, we built a scale prototype, a scale flying prototype, which was actually based on the, on the ISIS copter. I had given some demonstration flights uh, to the people who were involved in this. Um, from the beginning, and they liked the way that it flew and how stable it was, so they decided to kind of use that as as, as the airframe. Um, and then Studio XO and the rest of the design team, and uh, you know Mike Henning helped out with 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 all of this, you know, pulling everything together. They designed the the lower portion of of the airframe. Um, so I was basically concentrating in on the power the electric power system, and I had some help from from Matt Ryan, Ryan Mechatronics. 
you know, designing the upper part and some other people as well. Uh, and, and they did the, you know, the, the more dress part, the lower truss uh, that was designed by, by their team, Studio XO and, and Tech House. So that's how that came to be. Interesting. So that's just a, a big ISIS copter. Well, the upper part is basically, yeah, essentially it's a, it's an overgrown uh, ISIS copter, yes, yeah. It, we, we really did, and a lot of people said, oh, you, you know, some people, you can't scale something up. A lot of people said oh, you can't do a lot of things, and a lot of people were wrong. Um, so, <laughs> um, you, yeah, you actually can scale this up. You can scale the tech if you do it correctly. Uh, we had to get some some custom components made. I mean, it, it, we didn't just you know go to the local hobby shop and get some stuff and you know <laughs> bolt it together. Uh, you know, there were a lot of components that were made by fabricators in the San Diego area, uh, highly skilled people. Um, so, um, were you using any Chinese electronics or uh, you know I'm teasing. Uh, <laughs> I was looking, I was shuffling around in the bargain bin at the hobby shop. Hey, this will work. <laughs> no, I'm teasing you. Um, okay, well, uh, you know, and, and for those that don't know what an ISIS copter is, maybe you could give them the uh, website address so they could go and see the little, the, the dress is little brother. The little brother, yeah, it's ISIScopter.com. They can go take a look and uh, see what I do there. Um, okay, that's simple contact enough. Me if they have any questions? Yeah, isiscopter.com. <laughs> yeah, if uh, like you know anybody else wants to try this, um, <laughs> <laughs> are you open yeah. for a rerun or what, Gus? Yes, no. Maybe uh, I'm still re- recovering right now. I would say to people at home, I, I, I don't do this at home. I would I would definitely suggest <laughs> that. Yeah, strongly. <laughs> Do not try this at home. Uh, that's good advice uh, for a lot of things, but especially here, because I think that could uh, yeah. that could you know could, could have some adverse effects. All right, well, I appreciate that, and we're going to move into Thanks, the next question. segment. And and you are welcome to stay here because actually we're going sure. to talk about uh, some other stuff that you were also a part of. Um, sure. But before we move to that next segment, any any other closing comments, Gene, on the uh, Volantis segment? Well, I think that, like I said, I'm glad that uh, I agree that Gus was the pro that was on the job. And to be honest with you, better you than me, Bubba, because I think I'm probably, uh, you know, one of those uh, strobotropic seizures while all the flashbulbs went off. But, you know, good job. That's all I'm going to say. Thanks, Dean. Uh, that's funny. All right. Well, you know, let's talk about some of the contemporary developments. The other thing that was going on is we um, – the the Cal UAS portal had Portal Day, and I wasn't going to go because it's about seven seven mile or seven hour plus drive from where I live. But I drove down there, and I figured, you know, hey, uh, we've been talking about this test center thing and the proponents and all the rest of that, and uh, you know, I kind of had to see, let's say, the manifestation of the plan for myself. So uh, I, I jumped in the uh, the car and I drove down there and. Um, also, I met up, but Gus was there, and, and his wife, Maha, which was kind of a surprise. But <clears throat> my impression from the outset is that they have a nice facility. Uh, they have a boatload of community support. A lot of people turned out. And I will say that uh, Eileen Shibley has done a commendable job of bringing all the parties and support together. Um, you know, they got a lot of great airspace out there. I don't think privacy is going to be an issue. I, I I wish there was a little bit more support from California, the state government, but uh, that's just not really like them to, let's say, jump in with both feet if an idea makes sense. If it makes no sense, they're in with both feet. It's great. How much money do you need? Uh, if it if it makes sense, it's it's kind of a something different. But those were some of the things that I saw uh, from my experience. And and guess you were out there. You have anything you'd like to? impart on us well yeah what what you just mentioned right there i think that was one of the biggest uh surprises to me when i heard eileen say that the politicians had set up a bucket for for this for this program but they didn't put any money in it i was really surprised that there was nobody within the state 
California government at all to put any funding into that. I was actually really disappointed to hear that, and I want to explore that some more. And uh, honestly, that that was probably one of the most shocking things I took away from from that event. Well, you know, even that one, the state one's kind of one thing. But even when that, the you know, the language of HR six five eight, which turned into you know the modernization and reauthorization bill. I mean, I, I got to, I was privy to that prior to it being submitted, and uh, I brought that point up. I said, there's no money. Yeah. And I've never heard of uh, any government effort going forward without money. But maybe right. it's just me. I don't know, you know. Yeah, I don't know either. So that was another big mistake. Um, you know, I, I do think that uh, she has got like these, this innovation center. They did get that designation. Um, I do think that her model is probably the 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 most small business innovation friendly Mm -hmm. um i I do think that uh but it was interesting to see and so i'm glad i I took the time shot down there and shot back it was it was a big field trip uh but you know it was it was good to see what do you think yeah i'm glad i went as well and i was glad to see that there are some small business people like jeff parisi of parisi aviation getting involved up there he's driving up from la once a week and and they're doing work and and they're they're really determined up there that's the positive thing that i heard from eileen is no matter what happens she said she's got applications in for them to get a co i mean they're going to be doing flight testing up there in one way or another if it doesn't become a test site then they're going to be flying in coas up there I, mean, I do hope they become a, a test site obviously um but but it's it's a perfect place for it there's absolutely nothing out there and i don't see any reason why, if that area gets denied for flight testing then we're all sunk <laughs> basically yeah well that's going to be uh, a real crapshoot but um i i that's yeah. interesting that you mentioned that because jeff was at the small unmanned systems business expo and mm-hmm. uh that's where he met uh eileen she spoke at that you also spoke at that uh guess yeah. it's and I, I keep telling people that the caliber of folks that we had at number one uh, was just uh, staggering, awe-inspiring. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I know Maha is on the uh, – your wife is on the on the docket to speak at, at SUSB Expo 2 in May. Don't miss it. It's going to be great. Well, now, the other stuff – how to what? How did you do that? How did you get Maha to speak? She doesn't speak in public. <laughs> I know that was pretty tough. It was it was uh, we were a lot of long discussions at home about that. But she's she's coming around slowly. She's coming around. Okay. okay well, you've got to, you know some of your uh, meditations from the Lady Gaga flight. Yeah. You go here, take these <laughs> these meditations, and uh, we'll get you up in front of the crowd. Yeah. Um, other other contemporary developments uh, for people that ro- re- may have read the uh, new FAA roadmap story, which, by the way, I got lots of uh, supporting feedback. I almost said positive, but anyone that has read it thoroughly really doesn't have many positive things to say. Um, I know. Did you guys read the story, Gene? Your thoughts on the story? Oh, I've read it the day it came out. Are you kidding? I've read through it two or three times, and, you know, the the usual sorts of um, bureaucracy comes out. I, you know, I think probably what I took offense at more than anything else, and it was it, it was almost personal, is the the preaching that we got that, you know, making a regulation is a complicated issue, and it takes a long time. So we're projecting five years for most regulations, but since this one is so complex, we're going to say five to ten years. And I thought to myself, what have we been doing since 2007? Junkets, uh, you know, traveling around the world, doing nothing. I don't know, you know, there's a lot of nothing. Gus, are you willing to stick your toe in this pool? Yeah, I only read the first page or two, and it, turned my stomach so I, I i couldn't read the rest of it but I, I pretty much got the same feeling you guys did just from the first page or two and the wording in there i i, I knew the rest of it was uh just disappointing uh you know talking so much about privacy and how we have to investigate that and do more research and reports and all this kind of stuff um it, it was just really disappointing uh, that's all i can say 
Oh, and let me just tell you, there's no funding for any of that either. I mean, it's just oh. I mean, it's the, the 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 wheels are off the cart. It's pretty uh, it's pretty sad. But there is, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel, my friends. Uh, and that light of the tunnel is. I did get an email back from uh, Peggy Gilligan at the end of that story. I, I there was a. Um, you can check out the document, basically the letter I wrote her again about the, the concurrent arc that's going on. Because in the roadmap, it had mentioned that, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to, the people on that arc are going to take a look at uh, some of the stuff from the small rule and the MPRM and the work that the small arc did, did and everything else, which I had contended two years ago and that there was no small business representation. So I sent another letter to Peggy Gilligan. And I will say that I did get a response, and they are going to have a meeting about it, again, about small business representation. And it was cc'd to uh, some, some heavy hitters at the FAA, including the head of the UASIL. So I'm not holding my breath that the small business person is going to get representation, but it's been, I think one thing I could say is it's been two years, and I'm not giving up yet. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to be riding this deal for a while. And so we'll be following up on that, and we'll be letting people know if there's anything else that comes of that. It could be a positive thing. So maybe there's some change. The other, the other one other thing I wanted to mention is, um, you know, I did with the test site thing here that somebody ran an idea, a cockamamie idea, up the flagpole, that there would be, with the six test centers, there would be one test center that administered or ran all of the other test centers. And I have some immediate, you know, impressions come to mind. Anybody care to touch on that one, Gene? Well, uh, we're kind of there going back to a centralized government model. And uh, I, I just, I don't see that. I mean, this, this one kind of caught me off guard, you know, when we spoke about it earlier this morning. Or that just, it, it wow, uh, the autonomy, oh, there's that word again, of being able to do what you need. Do uh, is being subjugated. And I, I just I, where are we going? I, I'm I'm concerned. I, I don't know whether the even the, the the six test centers will even be productive under that model. But you know maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, the, a centralized sort of administration will work. Well, you know I don't know. The the, the I don't I, I'm I'm really kind of. Uh... I don't think the head honcho thing is going to work in the administration from one group because I think they're going to try and control it. There's other ideas. I mean, people are hatching all these ideas and throwing them out there. But I think that we need to remember that the test center idea was something where they could get the data that the FAA has been talking about getting since 2004, 3, 2, 1, whatever, to be able to make rules. You got to have data, right? I mean, if you're not making rules off of, let's say, empirical data, then it's just conjecture. So, Correct. with that said, I think it's time to to get off the um, the wheel of suffering and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make these test sites. We got to get to work now. How are we going to hit that 2015 September 2015 deadline where we got full access to the NAS if we don't get the test centers going now? I left you speechless, right, Gene? I, you know, you're preaching to the choir on that one, Bubba. Um, gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be hard to do. Gus has to say. Uh, Gus, do you even want to put get in it? Come on in, uh, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> the water's going to leave them. Go ahead, jump uh, in. I, I'm just so befuddled by this whole process. I don't even know why uh, there are only six test centers to begin with in such a huge country. I, I, I'm really speechless about this whole thing. Uh, but I really just hope that there's some sort of positive. Whatever it is, however small, I just hope we see something soon. I heard talk of a couple months. They were saying something by December. Uh, I really, if there's nothing happening before this end of the year, then I'm going to be even more discouraged than now. So. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this is I'm I'm you know putting the tofu in the chili beans here. <laughs> now, okay. um, unfortunately, lately uh, one of the latter things that I hear is that you know we remember they were talking about December 2013 they were going to do the test center thing, right? 
and they were going to, the NPR was coming out this year, yeah. December was rolling out. Well, it looks like that timeline may have slipped a little. I'm shocked. It appears that the NPRM has slipped till May. And, and you know, I'm going to ask Gene here because Gene's a relative newcomer. Um, you know, now we we know this, the the slip season, right, Gene? Usually you get the slip like in in March. It's like, well, it's not going to be spring. It'll be early summer. And then early summer, May rolls around. Oh, well, it'll be fall. You know, we'll have that out and blah, blah, blah. Am I correct or did I misunderstand the last six, seven, eight years? You know, we've kind of gotten, we laugh about it, and, and we kind of joke about it, but, you know, it's painfully apparent. We've, we've watched this happen for eight years, literally. You know, it's like you say, what's really disconcerting is sometimes they've, they've moved it out even further than going from, it won't be the spring, it'll be the summer. They say, it won't be the spring, it's going to be fall. Yes. Well, I call it just, just, just like the letdown season. You know, usually everybody's all fired up in the spring and we're going to get something going and everybody's, you know, making their plans and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, then we have the slip starts kicking in where the gears are grinding and, and whatnot. But, you know, um, that's what we hear here. The other deal, even with the test site thing, I was uh, suggested that they may not say kick that off and say, oh, it's, you know, you know, Sheboygan and, and uh, Poughkeepsie and uh, Puxatawney or wherever these towns are going to be, they might release one or two. And I don't think it's going to be some big revelations because we already got two already. But uh, anyway, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, we ran along again today, uh, but again, really great conversation. Gus, uh, you know, giving us the, the inside scoop on the Lady Gaga thing was great. Um, I appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure we're going to do some more stuff in the future because it, it really looks like uh, you and your wife are coming on strong in, in this sector. I don't even think it looks like. It's very apparent, you know, that you, you're, uh, you're going to be uh, moving and shaking in this sector. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very um, I'm glad that you came on today and you were able to talk with us. Well, thanks for having me, Patrick. I appreciate them, and we want to do everything we can. I mean, you and Gene have been doing this for so long. Um, I just cannot even uh, believe the inner strength that you guys have. So thanks to, to both of you guys for, for the UAS advocacy effort, and, and uh, we're trying to bring some, some, some new strength and try and revitalize what you guys are doing and get some more people on board. That's all we want to do is help out. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, Gene, until next week. Indeed. Try to keep the nose out of the alfalfa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll hear everyone next week. Take care, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.